0: On the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewer's Extra Innings. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Greg Matsig. Well, it took a little while.
1: Six runs, seven hits. Three rain delays. Brewers pick up a win over the Minnesota Twins. 6-3 the final on a soggy evening at Target Field. Nonetheless, a great way to start the road trip here for the Brewers. One of six games on the schedule, all on the road leading up to the All-Star break. Welcome in. It is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. I'm Greg Matzik. Go to about 1 o'clock in the morning here. We thought this program might be over by about now, but four hours, 45 minutes total run time, start to finish of tonight's game. Thanks to three rain delays encompassing uh, about an hour and 45 minutes in total. It was kind of a strange situation in Minneapolis with the weather sort of popping in and looking severe and then moving on out and popping back in. Uh, But the Brewers were able to get through it all and put up six runs and and hold a pretty potent Twins offense to just three runs in earning a road win. If you'd like to join the program, we'd love to have you on the program here. It's 855 one six one six twenty again eight five five six one six one six twenty the Econet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can find me on Twitter at GMATSIC. Craig Kishon of Bally Sports, Wisconsin, will join us coming up uh, just after midnight. Craig Council will hear from the Brewers manager. After tonight's win, and things started off a little ominous here for the Brewers. You thought it was going to be a good news situation earlier in the day. The game notes come out. Hunter Renfro reinstated from the injured list, and that's a great thing. Hunter Renfro was swinging a pretty hot bat for the Brewers. You know his power is going to be there. He's got a great arm in the outfield. Natcalf was tested a little bit tonight, and it looked like he passed the test. It was a little slick in the outfield. Hunter Renfro was able to come in and make some plays on balls that were hit to shallow right field, some near the foul line, and it seemed like he made it through just fine. He was not replaced in the game in a late-inning situation or after the rain delay, one of three to be exact. So a good debut for Hunter Renfro coming off the disabled list or the injured list. Now, the ominous component to the story is that of Christian Yelich. So the initial lineup comes out and Christian Yelich is in it. And then he's a last minute scratch due to a back issue. Colton Wong inserted as the leadoff hitter tonight. Hasn't been up there since the early portion of the season. Remember Colton Wong got injured and Christian Yelich eventually moved up from the number three spot to the leadoff spot and has hit over 300 in that capacity. It's been great having Christian Yelich atop the order. Now he's got a back issue. And this seems to pop up for Christian Eldridge from time to time. So it's unclear exactly just how long he's going to be out of the lineup. But, you know, you you don't have to look too far ahead here on the schedule to realize you only have five games left, and tomorrow's game is going to be played in, let's see, Less than 12 hours, right? Twelve ten is the first pitch tomorrow. So we, we are inching up on the 12-hour mark here uh, before we have Brewers and Twins once again rounding up this two-game series. So I'd be surprised if he saw Christian Yelich on the field tomorrow. And then he get out west to take on the San Francisco Giants for four games. That's nothing easy about the road trip here. But with the All-Star break coming up, one week from tonight, as a matter of fact, the Midsummer Classic will be played at Dodger Stadium. You wonder if Christian Yelich doesn't just travel with the team and head home for a little bit and just hang out, right? get some treatment on the back, and then rejoin the team when the rest of the players come back after the All-Star break, and maybe he's good to go. But it is something to watch here as the Brewers have been a bit of a revolving door. They seem to get a player back. Another player goes down. They get a player back, and another player goes down. They get a player back, and a pitcher goes down. Then another pitcher goes down. Now the pitchers are coming back. So it's been a little complex here. Kudos to Craig Council for navigating these rough and choppy waters, uh, given the ins and outs of the players due to injury on a first-place team. On a first-place team, we're nearly 90 games into this thing, and the Brewers uh, hold an advantage over the Cardinals by two games in the National League Central on pace to win about 90 games this season. That might be the mark. That might be the magic number to win at the National League Central this year. 855-616-1620 Eight five five six one six one six twenty. If you would like to join us, just getting started here on Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Craig Kishon, Valley Sports, Wisconsin, will join us coming up in the next segment of the program. We do have highlights to get to, and we'll also hear from Brewers manager Craig Council. Nice win for the Brewers tonight, 6-3 the final. They double up the Minnesota Twins in Game 1 of this brief two-game series. Aaron Ashby will take the mound tomorrow afternoon in Game 2. Coverage gets underway at 11.35 on WTMJ. We'll step aside here for the news and be back. More Brewers Extra Innings right after this on WTMJ. extra innings rolls on on WTMJ, welcome into the program. I'm Greg Matzik. Badly Sports Wisconsin's Craig Kishon will join us coming up in just a few minutes as he's wrapping up TV duty following a lengthy day at the studio for Craig, a lengthy day at the desk for me, and a lengthy day for the Milwaukee Brewers and Minnesota Twins on the field at Target Field. Six runs for the Brewers, three rain delays. All sorts of time passing by as uh, the Brewers do pick up a win in front of a crowd of over 37,000. I heard a lot of Brewers fans at the ballgame tonight. I, I don't know that it finished with 37,000. I'm not sure if the game finished with 3,700. But nonetheless, it, it, uh, Brewers fans made their presence felt tonight. No doubt about that as uh, this brief two-game series is off the ground. In fact, it will wrap up. Uh, about twelve hours from now. Twelve ten the first pitch for tomorrow's game, Aaron Ashby and Joe Ryan, your probable starting pitchers. Aaron Ashby's gotta turn things around a little bit here. Two and six record and a four fifty-two. ERA. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us here on the program, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you'd like to chime in, also find me on Twitter, at GMatsick. Uh, I do have a note from Scott here on Twitter asking, Hey, Greg, if Freddie comes back as a bullpen arm, how does he fit into a high-leverage game? Talking, of course, about Freddie Peralta. I think the first thing we have to do with Freddie Peralta is figure out the timeline. And it it, it would appear as he's a little bit ahead of schedule. I've not talked to Freddie Peralta. Although Sophia Minnard on WTMJ joined our morning program a couple of days ago and said he is ahead of schedule, and maybe you're looking at an August return. Fine. You'd love to have him back for at least a few starts, because I think in a postseason situation, well, you're feeling pretty good about yourself if you have Corbin Burns Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta. Now remember, Eric Lauer started a game last year for the Brewers. It was the big question. Are you going to bring Corbin Burns back on short rest? Can he start this game? Pivotal game. The Brewers' season is on the line. Do you go to your ace, the Cy Young Award winner? And it was ultimately decided that no. His body didn't feel right that particular day, and Eric Lauer ended up making the start. You're going to have to have three bona fide starters in a postseason series. And the Brewers have that. To be sure. I think even without Freddie Peralta, I I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to have uh, Eric Lauer in that position. If you're asking me today, I would say Adrian Hauser. I get it. I know he's injured, but including him in that starting mix, I I would say Hauser and Ashby become bullpen arms for the Brewers. They they don't start games in the postseason. I don't see that. But I could see Lauer, Peralta, Burns, and, Woodruff. and with that, you're in a pretty good spot, right? And not a lot of teams can trot out four starting pitchers capable of recording double-digit strikeouts on any given night. And the Brewers have that. Very few other teams do. It's why the Brewers lead the league in strikeouts, the pitching staff. So if Freddie Peralta comes back in the month of August, I think the next thing to wonder is how stretched out is he? Okay, what, what does the minor league rehab stint look like? What do his side sessions look like? What do his bullpens look like? Does he throw to live hitting? Are there simulated batters? Can he do some stuff at American Family Field? What's the pitch count going to be for him? Because you're not going to ramp him up uh, to 90 pitches right out of the gate. At least I wouldn't think so. But if you can get him to that point at some point in the month of September... I think you feel pretty good about it in fact i think you even start freddie peralta with a pitch count in mind have him go as you know up to his pitch count maybe it's three innings maybe it's five innings depending what the pitch count is and integrate him into the rotation that way i'll be curious to see how it all plays out uh but to answer scouts question i i guess i don't see freddie peralta as a high leverage bullpen arm in the postseason or in the stretch run though no, i envision him back in a starting role in his starting capacity now, I'm saying this before the trade deadline, but I don't believe the Brewers are going to be in the market for starting pitching come trade deadline time. Maybe another bullpen arm somewhere in that you know middle relief sort of space. I, I think that's possible, though I would put that behind a bat, an impact bat, uh, on the priority list. So Freddy Peralta, when he does return, I, I think it's back into a starting role. Uh, that's where he belongs. He's kind of done the back and forth thing as a reliever and starter and really settled in nicely remember he was an all-star last year uh, one of several for the Brewers out of that pitching staff 855-616-1620 the Akinet Mortgage Talk and text line you know tonight's starter was Jason Alexander had a decent night and I I think that's that's the common word with Jason Alexander you can apply the word decent to pretty much all of his starts right the ERA is not eye-popping it's about four and three-quarters but it's getting the job done. And I believe if you have enough pitchers whose ERAs are somewhere in the fours and below, and you're talking about a guy who is just sort of brought into the fray because of injuries, and he steps in, and boom, you're off and running. And who's this guy? He's making his major league debut, and now he's made several starts, and each one looks a little similar to me. He pitches to contact. He's not a big strikeout guy. When he's at his best, guys are pounding the ball into the turf and the dirt and he's relying on ground ball outs. That's when Jason Alexander is at his best, but he's never truly been bitten. He's never had the back-breaking inning. He always seems to find a way to get out of trouble, uh, and he does pitch to contact. So, uh, he's, he's been a stabilizing force. He's, he's been a solid performer, all things considered. I'm not sure that you can ask for much more out of Jason Alexander. He does not fare in the decision tonight, but he does go four innings as part of a Brewers victory. 6-3, the final. We'll recap it with Valley Sports Wisconsin's Craig Cushon coming up on the other side. And we'd love to hear from you as well at 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. More Brewers Extra Innings coming up after this on WTMJ. Six runs, seven hits, three rain delays for the Milwaukee Brewers. They get a win. If you're going to have an hour 43 minutes worth of rain delays... You might as well crawl out of that place with a win, right? Great way for the Brewers to start this road trip. The final six games before the All-Star break, coming off that 2-4 and homestand. This feels like it was a meaningful win for the Milwaukee Brewers as they look to maintain their position atop the National League Central. It is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. My name is Greg Matzik. We'd love to hear from you at 855-616-1620. Also happy to be joined by Valley Sports Wisconsin's Craig Kishan, who probably thought he'd be home by now, but... But that's the way it works, Craig. Let's see. A total run time, four hours and 45 minutes, thereabouts, by my watch. But, hey, it was a win for the Brewers, most importantly. Best to come out with a win if you're going to be at the ballpark for five hours.
2: Yeah, you are not kidding, my friend. Uh, it was, I mean, you know what? you take away those three rain delays and that was a very, that was an entertaining ball game between two playoff contenders. I mean, you know, you, you get the, uh, you know, you didn't have great starting pitching in this one, but I mean, you had, you had good bullpen arms going at it. You had uh, the long ball for each side going at it a little bit. You had some defensive plays. Um, You know, it was, uh, I think it's everything that you would want. Unfortunately, those, those games that should be nice and compact, uh, you know, were uh, were interrupted by those rain delays. But, uh, you you know, if, uh, if you have three rain delays in a game and you only have three runs, you're probably not going to win that one either. So, <laughs> I guess that's the good news as far as uh, the Brewers go over the Twins here in this one. No, and, and we see it all the time,
1: Craig. One rain delay is enough to really screw up your pitching, right? A guy's cruising right along, and all of a sudden you get an hour rain delay, and... Well, you can't go back to your pitcher. Uh, the Twins did. Uh, Wider was cruising along just fine. The Brewers made a change after four innings, so it was Yandel Gustave to work the fifth, and then it was one guy each uh, inning the rest of the way. I, I don't know how much the Twins pitching was screwed up because of the rain delay, but th- that's always something you pay attention to. It, it's so disruptive of rhythm, and it, it's, you always wonder who's going who's gonna to blink in those situations, which team is able to sort of get back into rhythm and, and keep going. Uh, I would say this about the Brewers. They, they found a way to get out of trouble in some of those late innings as the offense was held under control by the Twins' bullpen. They're able to navigate some choppy waters in the final innings and, and ultimately yield just one run from the pen
2: yeah you know it it is interesting you know just looking at you know uh I, you were talking about jason alexander uh before i came on and uh, what kind of a solid pitcher he is here right now for this team the, the pitch to contact type thing but here's here's the thing that that in my opinion that they've been even more so uh lucky to have is is a guy who's um you can't break this guy's demeanor and character out on the hill i mean he's 29 years old he's seen a lot in his days he just hasn't seen it on the major league level uh because this is his first year as we know in the bigs um but to to go through a half hour rain delay while you're pitching out there during during a rainstorm that it shouldn't have gotten that far for those guys being on the field and then and then to come back and pitch after that and then go through another almost 10 minute delay uh, of a rain delay they screwed up that they should have probably stayed on the field and and so you got to give this guy credit he's I don't want to say he's bailing out this club from that fifth starter spot right now but in a lot of ways um he is doing that because there, there will be a point when this team gets healthier. You know, you talked about Freddy Peralta coming back earlier that he's not going to be in this starting rotation or highly unlikely. Um, but what he has done here in the most critical point um, of, of a season that's going to get overlooked by the end of it is what he did maybe for two or three months. Um, as this you know uh, starting rotation just one by one one on the injured list, uh, pretty phenomenal stuff, so four innings again from him seems like maybe six or seven for a normal starter that's good, and then the bullpen uh, definitely had to do some navigating, you know especially Milner and Boxberger. Uh but how about the finish though from Williams and Hayter in this one i mean it was it was vintage williams Williams has got to get to the all star game, no doubt.
1: Yeah, it, this doesn't really make sense. You know, it, it, Josh Hader pulls out of the All Star game, and with good reason, spending time with his family. Remember, he was uh, away from the team. Uh, for a moment this season, because his wife was having some complications with their pregnancy. So, uh, kudos to Josh, man, the family man. He's going to spend time with his family instead of going off to Los Angeles. But wouldn't that be the natural spot where you know you just step in and say, all right, well we'll just take the other guy from your team who's having an incredible season. And all Williams does today is come into a game. It, it's not it's not an overly high leverage situation. It's a hold situation, but you know it's not you know inheriting runners and, and super tight game, but. Yeah, the Twins can mash. So he comes in and just shuts everything down. Nine pitches out of the inning, 24 consecutive scoreless outings. That's just insane. That, that, that's Because he's a setup man, I wonder if he's getting cheated in the discussion, but it's because maybe the best reliever in baseball is on the back end of the mound.
2: Well, I mean, I think it's interesting. Tim Dillard and I, and Tim brought up this point during our pregame show today because we were talking about uh, the All-Stars and whatnot and, and Williams right now. Needs to be added. I mean, I don't think anybody, uh, you know, thinks that that's not the case. But, you know, his point was, and I totally agree with when you look at it this way baseball creates um, a, a numbers game for achievement. You know, if you're the home run leader, you're probably going to be in the All Star game. If you have the most wins um, a, a, as a starting pitcher, you're probably going to be in the All Star game. If you have the lowest ERA, you're probably going to be in the All Star game, right? And so, If they have a category for holds for that eighth inning guy, and and Devin Williams has been perfect this year, uh, better than anybody, uh, why shouldn't he be in there? I I think it's, quite honestly, I think it's almost embarrassing that baseball didn't put Williams in hater spot right away today because you have a first-place division leader who's been pretty much in that category all season long and one of the reasons Milwaukee is a serious playoff contender is what Williams has done so to sit here right now and say that Corbin Burns is the only brewer that's going to to the all-star game and is gonna suit up and actually play uh, that that's just gotta be fixed like in a hurry because right now it's a mistake not having Williams there
1: yeah, Devin Williams hold number 23 today in his one inning of work, just nine pitches, breezed through the lineup, had a strikeout, <laughs> nine pitches, five strikes, his ERA is a buck 87. Yeah, that uh, works t- for me. Today that works was for me.
2: about as good as we've seen him, too, and he's been excellent, you know what I mean? I mean, he, he's allowed some traffic recently, uh, but man, tonight was like, holy cats.
1: Uh, we're going to devote an entire segment to Hobie Milner, and we're going to do, do that on the other side. Craig, I, I never thought we'd get to that point, but here we are. This is no longer a small sample size. You talk about trying to figure out who your other guys are behind the big boys, the 7, 8, and 9 guys. Sometimes you need a fifth inning or a sixth inning guy. I, the Brewers have one, and it's not just matchup dependent. This is getting interesting. More Brewers Extra Innings. I'm Greg Matzik. He's Craig Kishon. We're back after this on WTMJ.
0: Three-two pitch, curveball rolled on the ground to short. Adamas has it, collects, fires to first, low, but caught by Telez. And the inning is over. Holby Milner gets tough and gets out of it. Yeah, Lee Brindle on the call. Holby, Wilt Milner work through a jam
1: in the sixth inning. He gets out of it. The Brewers hang on. 6-3 the final. Milwaukee takes the first of two against the Minnesota Twins. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. I'm Greg Matzik, joined by Bally Sports Wisconsin's Craig Kishon. Yeah, we talk about the back end of the Brewers' bullpen. Craig Boxberger into Williams into Hayter. Good luck with that. The game is awfully short when you talk about those three guys and what they're able to do. You now have to almost lump Hobie Miller into that discussion. It, it, he is... The misconception is that he comes in and he's a lefty specialist. You leave him on the mound because he's a lefty and he's got the funky delivery and lefties just don't see the ball. It chases away from them. But his splits against righties are darn near as good. So everybody is having a problem seeing the ball clearly off this guy. And maybe with multiple at-bats and multiple games, it it starts to increase. But this is
2: no longer a small sample size with this guy who's got a two twelve ERA yeah it it's crazy. I mean, you know, look where he was a year ago too i mean this is this is one of these really good storylines of um, being able to uh in this system that the Brewers have put together this pitching system to find a guy uh work with him and allow him to you know, go through those ups and downs. I think he was called up and down six different times uh, with the parent club last year and I'm not sure any of us really really knew what his role was going to be or even if he'd have a role going into the season so give him a lot of credit uh, for uh, being one of those guys that you can tutor and coach uh, because it certainly worked out for him this year and and you're right I mean he came in in six today got two outs right away and then all of a sudden a blue base hit and then he hit the next two batters which is uncharacteristic for him but he got through that inning on his own on the ground out that we just uh that we just heard Lane call and and then you're thinking to yourself, now this guy comes in uh, with inherited runners this year. He's got uh fifteen of those opportunities and he's only allowed two to score. And I think those two came in the in the same game during that home stand early. So, you know, this guy's in his own in his own world right now, um, and just the ability to Almost reversed the splits, kind of what you've been saying, Greg. That um, he's this lefty's almost better against uh, lefties, you know, and then all of a sudden now you mix in and and he's just as good or even better at times against right-handed hitters. So um, what he's doing is um, is invaluable to this team right now. It's just off the charts.
1: Yeah, lefties are hitting 214 against Hobie Milner so far this season. Righties 231. Uh, but also keep this in mind. Uh, Hobie Milner has faced nearly double the amount of right-handed batters than he has left-handed batters so far this season. So a great first half of the season for Hobie Milner to try and solidify the, the middle portion of the inning as you get to Brad Boxberger, Devin Williams, and Josh Hader. Pre-game storylines, Craig, they came out, Brewers on the road, six games. Okay, storyline number one, the border rival against Minnesota, great. Hunter Renfro back, we like to see that. He was tested a bit tonight. And then the one little hiccup in the news was a late scratch for Christian Yelich. How worried do we need to be? Anything with back and Yelich, just like back with Ryan Braun, always makes me scratch my head and say, oh, boy. I don't think there's a lot of urgency to play him the rest of the way here until the All-Star break, but how concerning is this really?
2: Well, I think I think a back issue is always uh, concerning, and I think the only way you realize it's, it's not concerning is when he's back out there and he's doing what he should be doing. And that means now uh, we have seen him over the course of the last six weeks or so develop into – a pretty good leadoff hitter. Um, he's he's finding ways to get on base. Now, after that, he's finding ways to steal bases. Uh, highly successful in that route this year, which means um, the back from last year has healed up. Um, he's I think he's running better in the outfield. He's certainly one of the best uh, runners of the bases in all of baseball. And and we're, we've seen not just flashes of that. That That's kind of all come back to him this year. And that's because he's not suffering what he did in the first half last year um, it, going on the injured list on and off with uh, a lot of back issues. Now, this one may be a little bit different. It's, it's more uh, tightness in the mid-portion of his back. At least that's what they're saying now. Um, but I, I'm with you. I'm I'm always concerned about anybody who has back issues because they, they flare up out of nowhere. Um, you know, you could return for a short stint. It could lead to something worse after that. But, yeah, I, I'd say right now, the way he's going, and, and he's played the most games out of anybody right now, I think you got to be really careful this week going into this All-Star break.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's any urgency to play him. I, I know it's... It's kind of frustrating timing, but you know, you do have the all star break, and I think that's perhaps a blessing. It's out in Los Angeles. He can fly out to San Francisco if the team as he chooses, maybe stay at home for a little bit. Who knows? Maybe he'll just need treatment on it. But you know, it, it, you hate to see momentum halted when a guy's going well. I had thought maybe earlier this season, Craig, before he moved up to the leadoff spot, that maybe moving him down in the lineup made a little more sense. Just take him out of that that premier run-producing spot in your lineup. And I guess Craig Council did that, in effect, by moving him up. Now, the optics are certainly much different when you move up to the leadoff spot versus down to the six or seven spot. But he's sort of taken this and run with it. And you know it's a different Christian Yelich than we saw earn MVP honors a, a few years back. But it can still be a very effective Christian Yelich, and I think he's embraced that role, because you mentioned it, his base running is supreme. His, his uh, strike discernment, I think, is still above par, and he's able to get on base via the walk. The power numbers are just not what they were a year ago, and that's not inconsistent around baseball. And he sort of found something here, so I, I hate to see that momentum halted in any way. Uh, just hope he's able to get back sooner than later.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's he's meant everything to why this team is is stayed afloat. I mean, I mean, think about this. Um, he, today is another classic example of you you wait for somebody to get back and healthy, whether it's a pitcher or a position player. And today it was Hunter Renfro, um, so he comes back. What's the news in, on the injury front? Tyrone Taylor has a setback uh, trying to come back uh, under this concussion protocol here right now. That's a blow. Uh, Kristen Yelich didn't play Sunday, had an off day Monday, and didn't play again today. And then it was revealed what he's going through with his back. So this team cannot win for losing on the injury front right now. When they get a guy healthy coming back, it's you know it's one step forward, two steps back sometimes. So, but what he's done, no matter no matter what has gone on in the first half of the season, um, he's held his own and and he's. He's been kind of the mainstay, and and to move into a new spot and to have that much more meaning offensively for your team, um, if if for whatever reason you know he's going to be gone for a long period of time, they're they're gonna they're gonna miss that big time, and that that's gonna be that's gonna be tough to overcome at this point. Suddenly, this team went from an outfield strength to. Um, they're, they're hurt right now uh, you know, across the board. I mean, Renfro's been on the on the injured list himself two different times with two different uh, injuries to both his legs. So, you know, you just wonder about durability, too, at this point.
1: Well, and uh, Lorenzo Cain is gone, and, and right. Andrew McCutcheon's getting up there in years, and, and he's being relied upon to carry a heavy load. I, I do wonder if that becomes a, a target at trade deadline time. You know, I threw out the name during our rain delay coverage of Andrew Betatendi of the Royals. Boy, I'd love to see that in a Brewer's uniform. And other people will be after a guy like Andrew Betatendi. He's always going to hit above or around 300. He's not a home run guy. Doesn't really need to be in a Brewer's lineup. But he is a get on base guy and a versatile outfielder. That's the kind of player I wonder if, if David Stearns is starting to do some homework on. Uh, positional versatility can hit in the top half of your lineup, get on base sort of guy. And he mentioned it with the uh, the the rotation of outfielders, the shuffling of outfielders due to injury or ineffectiveness, you know, it, it, it doesn't appear that position is locked up in any way. You know what I mean? Sometimes you're blocked. And that's not really the case here. Craig seems to always find a way to utilize his assets. That that that's a direction I could see the Brewers going perhaps.
2: Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, I think he's a free agent at the end of the year, too, so what you give up probably is going to be um, less than, you know, if you go after um, Brian Reynolds of Pittsburgh, for instance, a guy that's uh, locked up in a in a uh, contract-friendly uh, fashion um, and, and you would have some years with, but you know is going to be a high price, you know, coming from Pittsburgh here right now. So... Um, Yeah, a lot of things have to be weighed out, but I I don't think, you know, here's the other thing, Greg, you and I have been around, um, you know, long enough to see, um, you know, certain players that go through this concussion protocol, and it just takes... A long time um for guys to come back and and it can be it can be anything i mean look look at taylor's injury he goes uh, up against the wall and the ball ricochets off the wall uh right into right above his left eye now where, where it hits if it's you know close to temple if it's uh you know in a, in a tough spot right above the actual um you know bone above his eye we we don't know for sure but it's it's Done enough damage. I mean, you could tell when he went down on that play that that things weren't right, and, and they're obviously still not right. So I, I, I definitely feel for him, but uh, you know, they're they're definitely. I would think their number one target if they do go ahead and acquire somebody from the outside has to be a center fielder. This
1: will be interesting. It's the all-star break. It's the MLB draft and the trade deadline at the end of the month. So not a ton of baseball in terms of regular season games being played, but you do have a lot of activity here, a lot of discussion, a lot of rumor mill stuff that's going to swirl here in the next couple of weeks. Fun game tonight, disjointed, but a Brewers win 6-3. to He is never disjointed. He is always in control. He's Bally Sports Wisconsin's Craig Cashon. Appreciate it, Craig. We'll check it again soon.
2: All right, pal. Take care.
1: You do the same. Craig Cashon from Valley Sports, Wisconsin. We'll hear from Brewers manager Craig Council coming up on the other side. Got the highlights from tonight's game as well. All that more coming up. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. 6-3 the final. The Brewers pick up a win over the Minnesota Twins. Long day, long night at the ballpark. Always satisfying to come away with a win in those situations total runtime of tonight's game four hours 45 minutes start to finish that featured an hour 43 minutes worth of rain delays even the rain delays were kind of strange Uh, the the first one it just sort of came out of nowhere right if you were tracking the radar i suppose you saw some pop-up showers in the minneapolis area but it poured uh, for a period of time they were able to get things back underway it felt like the twins manager was sort of angling for the rain delay to happen, come on, we got to get off the field. We can't play in this. Okay, fine, the umpire is obliged, and game was halted for a period of time. The second rain delay, I, I don't even know if it was a rain delay. Tarp was brought on the field, but it was never really stretched across the infield. Uh, there was a meeting of the minds when the Tarp got to the playing surface, and, I don't know, six, seven minutes later, the Tarp was off the field, and we were playing baseball again. Uh, and then the third one was a slobber knocker. I mean, it was it was wet. Rain was coming down, and then he got to worry about drainage, getting the field ready, pitching. I mean, it was a mess, just a mess. But a Brewers win, nonetheless. How does Craig Council manage through the process of managing rain delays?
3: Yeah, I mean, well, I, I thought, you know, for the I thought it was tough for Jason Alexander. I uh, was, you know, just um, that was that was difficult, kind of having to go out there when he's out there twice and re warm up. Um, and I don't remember having that happen so diff- difficult for him for sure and um you know and then there was just this threat of rain and quick pop-up showers and it some intensity which we obviously saw so just one of those nights and you just you kind of had to turn it off turn it on i think that's the just keeping turning it on and turning your concentration on again um is probably the most challenging part him kind of getting out of that fourth after having to sit down for, what, 10 minutes and then yeah. go back out? Did you feel like that was sort of the, the turning point? Well, I mean, it, it was important. I mean, just, just uh, you know, when we, when he was out, gotten out of the fourth, there was, there was weather coming again. And, and so we were trying to, you know, you're trying to manage who's getting up with weather coming almost and how often you're going to get guys up. So I thought that was important. I thought, Gus getting through his inning clean without having to get in, without having to get anybody up was was important because we had obviously pretty good rain delay after that. So um, you know those those two points in the game were um, just saved some work from our bullpen guys.
2: It's gonna be hard for you, and Chris, to manage because you can't.
3: Predict how, how the timing. Yeah, and it's it's you get in trouble trying to play, you know, manage along with the weather. I think so. We, we did the best we could, and I, our our guys did a good job. That's what that's what helped us out. Oh, how much did the uh,
2: the add on runs after Kutch's homer help
3: too? Yeah, it's, I mean it, 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 it's big. I think um, you know we went to the bullpen early um, so to, to get some space uh, for. You know, Hobie's inning, really just be able to stick with Hobie a little bit there. Um, and He got himself out of it. Um, but that, that's because of those add-on runs. Devin's inning was so efficient. He's just been so good for Yeah, he, he really was. Um, you know, I just had th- th- threw, some good, threw a good trade, great 2-0 ups to the first hitter, um, and then a good one for a strike to the second hitter. Um. He's pitching great. You don't get into this kind of stuff, but are you hoping you get to tell him some All-Star news here? Absolutely. I'm I, you know, hopeful. Very hopeful. Um, he certainly deserves it. Um, but there's a, there's a, you know, we we understand there's there's a good list of pitchers there having good years, and um, you, you respect that. But uh, he's he's every bit of. Every bit of the, what those guys are doing too, and every completely deserving of it. And then Josh in the ninth, um, after just kind of a couple outings, then like two swing strikes to a round. Yeah,
2: I, guess, I mean, I, I thought insane.
3: he had. A, you know, we we commented after the, you know during the first hitter that it looked looked really good. Um, so I, I was, we were all happy with it sitting there watching it, and I thought he, I thought the ball was coming out good. It was right. Um, and Sanchez gave him a tough at bat, which uh, they were a really tough at bat, but he, he threw the ball really well. Craig, what did you make of that second rain delay that only lasted eight minutes? Surprised you guys had to come on the field? Yeah, well, I mean, t- you know, the umpires are in a tough spot. They're told that it's going to rain hard for 10 to 15 minutes. The hard rain comes, he makes the call, yeah. then, the, then the radar changes. So it, that's just weather. You can't do anything about it.
1: Brewers manager Craig Council following tonight's 6-3 win over the Minnesota Twins. We'll take you back through the game. Highlights coming up on the other side. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Ready for this?
0: Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get here! Go! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Greg Matzik.
1: That's game one of a two-game series between the Brewers and Twins. Jason Alexander on the mound for the Brewers. He entered tonight's game with a record of 2-1 and and a 475 ERA. Opposite Alexander was Josh Winder, 4-2 and two with a 3.12 ERA. He's had a solid season so far for the Twins. And before any of the rain came, the Brewers were able to dent the scoreboard, hitting leadoff in place of Kristen Yellich, who was scratched at the back issue. Colton Wong grounded out the first to begin the game, Ultimately, it would get to Andrew McCutcheon following a Willie Adamas walk and a Rowdy Telez fly ball to right field. Two on McCutcheon,
0: a high fly ball out to right. Going back is Kepler, looking up, and that ball is gone for Andrew McCutcheon. 2-1
1: fastball from Winder. McCutcheon hits it into the stands. That made it 2-0. Ninth home run of the season for the veteran outfielder. But the Twins were able to answer. You know, Jason Alexander didn't find himself into too much trouble. Solo home runs, hey, they'll get you every once in a while. And Jorge Polanco was able to touch Alexander. Alexander's
0: 3-1 pitch. Turned on to deep right field. Going back is Renfro looking up, and that is gone.
1: Lane Grindle with the call, 13th of the year for Polanco. That made it a 2-1 ball game. Brewers would hold on to that advantage until the bottom of the fourth. Two quick outs with Jason Alexander on the mound. Jorge Polanco then walked, setting in the stage for Alex Kirloff, who hit a single. Following Kirloff, Nick Gordon entered the batter's box and brought the score to even.
0: Swing line, drive, right field, base at- He'll score. Renfro throws all the way to third. But Karoloff is safe. Taking off for second base and making it there is the batter for them. And it's 2-2 two two on a two-out RBI safe
1: and that would be the final inning for Alexander. Four innings pitched, three hits allowed, two earned runs, one strikeout. 73 pitches for the Brewers starter. He did not fare in the decision. Tied at two in the fifth, the Brewers took the lead back for good. Chase Peterson opened the frame with the base on ball. Hunter Renfro moved him to second with a fielder's choice. And then it was John Davis.
0: Johnny Davis. Jonathan Davis. Whatever you want to call him. A single and plated, the Brewers run. A one-pitch, ground ball back up the middle and into center field for a base hit. Peterson being waved around third. He's going to score without a throw. And the Brewers back on top. It's 3-2 to two on an RBI single from Jonathan Davis.
1: Davis remained on second as Colton Wong entered the batter's box. Wong would fly out to left field. So two outs, one on, setting the stage for
0: Willie Adamas. 2 on, Adamas a high fly ball deep left field. Gordon back to the warning track and he looks up and is gone for Willie Adamas.
1: Home run number 18 of the season for Adamas. That made it 5-2. It proved to be the game-winning runs. Brewers would not need anything else the rest of the way. Though they did put up one final tally before the 6 3 game final. Enter Yandel Gustave following a rain delay. He was in for Alexander at the bottom of the fifth,
0: and he put up a zero with ease. The pitch sharply hit ground ball to short. Adamus flips to second for one. On to first in plenty of time. It's a 6 4 3 double play. And Yandel Gustave.
1: And that's when the second rain delay of substance took place. Just over an hour in length. Took a little bit of time to get the field ready to go. Outfield saturated. The warning track near the batter's box, the baseline. Officials working hard to try and get things back to working order. Ultimately, it did get back into good shape. And in the top of the sixth inning, Andrew McCutcheon led off with an infield single. Omar Narvaez flew out to left field. Andrew McCutcheon went up to second on a pickoff throwing air. Okay, that proved to be a pretty big advancement of 90 feet. Luis Arias struck out, so two outs. You had the runner on second base. And you're trying to find a way to get through and maybe tack on an insurance run.
0: 3-2 pitch, and Peterson rips one down the right field line, going back is Kepler. It's over his head and off the wall. McCutcheon around third. He will score on a long RBI single from Jace Peterson at 6-2 to two Brewers.
1: An absolute missile by Peterson. The pitch came in at 96. It went out at 106 and off the wall. It might have gone through the wall if that was at a different park. So, Jace Peterson providing the Brewers with a little bit of insurance. However, he would be caught stealing to end the inning. DeAndre Gustave out. Hobie Milner in for Craig Council. Bit of a Houdini act for Milner. Got two quick outs. Then a Jorge Polanco single. Kind of a shallow outfield. Alex Kiriloff was hit by a pitch. Kyle Garlick pinch hitting. Also hit by a pitch with two strikes.
0: That left the bases loaded with the tying run at the plate in the name of Gio Urshela. 3-2 pitch, curveball, rolled on the ground to short. Adamas has it. collects, fires to first low, but caught by Telez, And the inning is over. Kobe Milner gets tough and gets out of it. Brewer's
1: bats were held quiet the rest of the way as the Twins look to fight their way back. More Twins traffic on
0: the bases in the seventh inning, getting to Brad Boxberger. And the pitch, swing and a miss. He struck him out with the changeup. And the inning is over.
1: But that's when Devin Williams enters the game and just sort of shuts things down, doing it for the 20th consecutive outing without yielding a run. Devin Williams retiring the side on nine pitches. And then it was Josh Hader's turn in the ninth. Hader's
0: 1-2 pinch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Good morning. 3-2. And he went around on a slider down and in. Good afternoon. The one-two pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Hater strikes out the side here in the bottom of the ninth inning.
1: And good night. Six runs, seven hits, no errors for the Brewers. Three runs, six hit, one error for the Minnesota Twins. Yando Gustave gets the win. Josh Hader to save his 27th of the season. Four hours, 45 minutes, your total game time, if you include the rain delays. 37,000-plus watched the game. A lot of Brewers fans as well at Target Field. Nowhere near that many stayed throughout the game. We'll give a little preview of Game 2 of the series, the final game of this brief two-game set. Coming up, we'll wrap up Brewers Extra Innings after this. Pick up the win, 6-3 the final. This is Brewers Extra Innings. We wrap things up here on WTMJ. Going to be back tomorrow morning with the pregame show. Game two of the series gets underway at 11.35. Then it's Brewers-Twins game two at 12.10 with first pitch. We will greet you again following game one of the San Francisco series later this week. Enjoy the rest of your night on WTMJ.